Episode 95, Cherokee Rewind. You know who you are, you know who I am. Well, Mick for the uninitiated. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this time around, we're going to go back go about five, six years, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, as we're going to be talking to a guy who, uh, he started, I believe, as a defenseman, if my memory serves me. Uh, started out as a defenseman because he's a big boy. He's a tall drink of water, a big physical guy, and started as a defenseman playing every now and then in the lineup, worked hard, worked his way up front to playing up front, and then on top sure of that, putting, getting to where the C, uh, this guy did. And, I mean, he did it the old-fashioned way. He earned it. And uh, Anthony... Uh, Anthony Weinrichs, by the way, is the is our guest here. And Anthony, welcome, first of all. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I really do appreciate it. You, hey, know? you bet. I understand. Now, let's let's talk about this. You're, you're a local guy, right? I mean, I know you are now. Yes. But I mean, as far as growing yes. up, we're a local guy. Okay. Gro so who, where did up, you, you know, play? Yeah, I grew, I... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, all good. I just grew up in, uh, I grew up in Toledo, you know, I grew up uh, kind of towards the Toledo Zoo on the Anthony Wayne Trail right over there. And uh, I don't know, I kind of just, I kind of just started, you know, thinking about hockey more so because my brother started playing because we both, he started at the Ice House. I did, I did not until I was about four. He started and I was like, you know, I might as well, might as well try what my big brother's doing. So I, I started there when I was really young, four years old, like I said, and you know, ever since then, hockey has been great. But I, I moved back and forth. You know, I moved from the Ice House to Tamo, you know, back to the Ice House when I was 14. And then from about 16 on, I've been a Cherokee ever since. You know, uh, now, you talk about, uh, you know, basically uh, interfering with what your big brother was doing. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty uh, much. I thought so. But now, really, though, I mean, what 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 was it that really got you hooked on the game though? I mean, obviously you, you were following your big brother's footsteps, but what was it about yeah. the game that hooked you? I'd have to say how how unorthodox it is because I mean if you talk to a lot of people, not a lot of people are, you know, all about hockey. They don't know a lot about ice hockey. You know, if you're not talking to the right specific, you know, group of people. But as a young kid, I was like this is something that looks pretty difficult and uh, it looks like, it looks like something that I would enjoy. Now, would that, would my grandpa say that I enjoyed it from a young age? Absolutely not. I'm kicking and screaming, getting on the ice every single time just because I wasn't the best pure skater as a young kid, but I still did it. And it was, I'm, I'm glad I stuck to it because hockey was a huge, huge contributing factor to how I live my life today. Wow. It really is like, I, I really enjoyed the sport. And uh, I do miss it, but at the same time, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't switch anything I did in my career for anything. It, it was a, it was honestly a great a great experience. Well, you know, and what's funny is the idea that you know you work for stuff like this. You 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 know, and it, it's funny. I, you're not the first person that I've heard say, you know, I went into this kicking and screaming you know, playing as a little kid and uh, trying to, you know, trying to, you know, they, your, your either your parents or grandparents would make you go ahead and, and, and get out there. Uh, you know, I remember one of my old, old guys, Adam Pagula in his podcast 
told me that, mm. you know, he didn't want to. And then when he did, it was his, uh, he called her his mama coach, uh, that <laughs> who was, who was coaching him from the, taught him mm. to skate. Right. And then when he went to actually play and she wasn't coaching him, he got really upset because he didn't have mama coach there anymore, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, just, thought, I mean, well, that, I've heard stories like that. I'm sure that sounds like something that is similar to yours. Yeah, I, I'd say, I'd say so. I don't know. I think, I think my grandpa had a huge, huge part of me staying and sticking with hockey. I mean, even from a young age, considering that, you know, I was kicking and screaming and, you know, I didn't want to do it, especially a year after, because, you know, my skills didn't really develop until I was probably seven years old to the point where I was, you know, in sync with all the other kids. I was kind of behind because I started, you know, started when I was four, took a year off, started when I was almost six. So I kind of I kind of was a little bit behind. So, you know, I was I wasn't more I wasn't more so always ready to like jump on the ice and get really excited about it. My grandpa would have to push me out there and be like, Hey, like you can get better, but you have to go out there and got to try, you got to work for it. Cause if you, if you don't work for it, then you're not going to get better. And he was a big, a big reason why I, I stuck to playing hockey rather than, cause I played baseball as well, but. Well, that was going to be my next hockey question. was my first. Yeah. I was right. going to ask you, I mean, what other sports did you play besides hockey? But baseball, one of them. Uh, so go ahead. So I play. I did play baseball. Um, I played baseball from when I was about the same age. I played hockey. I started when I was four, maybe five years old. Um, uh, hockey and baseball were, you know, the offsetting. You know, two sports. You know, it had the winter time, fall time for you know hockey. You know, all the way up till a certain point time. You know, spring, and then I'd go right off to baseball. But you know, and I have tons of people asking me, you know, what's your favorite sport? Uh, and I, I, I hinged towards, you know, usually whatever sport I was playing at the time, just because I was playing and I was having a good time at the moment. But if I look back on it now, I'd probably say I was probably hockey a lot of the times just because of the experiences I had with hockey. Not saying I didn't have any good experiences playing baseball with the players that I played with and all that other stuff. But I, I just think hockey is a little bit more, a little bit more special to me considering, you know, baseball and all. Well, you know, and the other thing too is that, you know, it's it's kind of, considering the fact that they are very diametrically opposites, diametric opposites, right. that it's yes. easy to see why you would be interested in baseball, uh, you know, especially back then. Nowadays, everything bleeds over each other in terms of the seasons. But, uh, yeah. but back then, I mean, yeah, you played hockey, and hockey players love baseball, and they love to golf. So... Yes, something I picked up very recently. So, <laughs> well, if you're gonna that, be is, around, that is something, you know, if you're gonna be around those people that you're around now these days, you better pick up the game of right, <laughs> right. Well, you know, Kenny and To and all of them, they love you know talking their talk and you know walking their walk. So, I, you know, I gotta, I had to pick the clubs up at some point. You know, be the stereotypical you know retired hockey player and get out there with them. So, <laughs> so it had to happen at some point. So now, did you? When did you switch from house over to travel? So, I switched from house over to travel when I was about, I'd say, ten years old, around ten. So I played house at Tam O'Shanner for a, a lot of great coaches. Honestly, like you know, Jim Beatty was my all-star coach. 
Um, you know, I, I couple a couple other I can't really think of right now. You know, I'm just drawing a blank. But like all my house, all my house coaches from when I was younger had a massive impact on how I progressed throughout my my career. Because from when I was from when I was seven on, you know, I had the game pretty much down. But like still, like those coaches helped me a ton with everything that I was doing was either it was, I mean, from on the ice, you know, during the games, practices, but also, you know, off the ice, you know, acting like you're supposed to, even as a young child, like when you're 10 years old, you know, teaching you the proper ways to carry yourself. And I think that really helped me in my hockey career, you know, develop, especially when I got to, you know, the junior level and stuff like that. Well, let me ask you, I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, these guys all with, uh, when you were seven, in in those years uh, between seven and ten, I mean, you're a big boy right now. You know, you're a big tall. Right guy. now, were you always taller than most of the kids your age when you played? Actually, no, no, not until I turned about eleven years old. Uh, from when I was seven to about you know seven to ten, I was pretty much the same size or a little bit shorter than some of my friends, which was honest. <laughs> which we joke about all the time now when I see them, you know, cause they're like, you know, you're, I'm like six inches taller than them now. And it's kind of funny cause you know, I used to be the, one of the shorter ones in the group, but when I turned 11 is actually when I played, started playing defense for my, my first whole year, because I grew like, I think it was two and a half inches. So I was, I was like an inch, inch and a half taller than the next tallest guy on our team. So my coach at the time, Bo Barrow, Gabe Barrow's dad, he, uh, he thought it was a good idea to put me on defense. He's like, let's try out. So I was like, okay. So I started playing defense and I start, I really, I really got into it, really started to understand it. My backward skating was, was good for playing forward throughout my whole career up until that point. So I stuck with that. And then I pretty much played defense until I was my first year on the junior team. I'd say from 11 till 17, 16, when I first joined, I, cause like in the, and that in that second half of the season, when I first came to the junior team, I played defense. Well, the second half I played forward, and that would that was the first time I played I played forward since I was ten. Wow! But Kenny thought it was a good idea, and it was, and I I was comfortable with it. I mean, he'd always ask me if I was comfortable with doing it, you know, before he just threw me into something. He was always he always made sure I was comfortable and you know confident that I could do it, and I was always confident that I could play both positions. So if you're now you know, uh, making those transitions like you did, um, during your early travel years, um, did you ever, I mean, did you ever play high school or no? So I played my, from when I was 15, my freshman year in high school, I didn't have a travel team because my Cherokee team when I was 14 folded. Um, and all the kids moved over to Tam O'Shanter to play for the North Star travel team. Okay. So when I was 15, I played for Lake High School in the white division. And that kind of, you know, I, I had a really good experience there. You know, I, I made good friends. Uh, the season was fun. But, you know, obviously with the white division, not ripping on anybody by any means. But it's a little bit less, you know, competitive than, you know, per se, if I played for like St. Francis or Northview at the time when I was, you know, you know, when the teams were competitive, you know, St. Francis and St. John's and Northview were all battling it out in the red division. But I did, you know, I did have a lot of points, you know, it was a confident season for me, which helped me go into my U16 year with coach Kelly Kestner. 
and we had a we had a phenomenal year. You know, we only lost a handful of games. You know, went to the state you know championship against the North Stars. I mean, we lost, but with that group of guys that we had, we did we did really really well for that that year. Well, and of course Kelly, I know him very well from when he played. <laughs> you know, I, I was around when he played, and that dude. I always heard yes, yes. Oh my God, I could tell you stories about that dude. I mean. Let's put it this way. When I, I I can remember being at a showcase, all right, and they were talking and I didn't have any Cherokee gear on. I just I was wearing, you know, like a, a I think a shirt and tie and that was it. You know, I wasn't wearing a, a, any any right. team apparel. So I'm walking in there and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to a couple of scouts talk and they're talking about Kelly and the fact that they they said the bum <laughs> rap against him is that he's small he's short he's a small guy because he's uh, right. maybe five eight five nine and maybe a buck 50 yeah. soaking wet at the time and right. he when uh but the thing about him was he was so doggone strong and so fast yes and and, and, mm-hmm. and they would t- he could literally and I, I don't mean figuratively i mean literally carry the team on his back and that was what that was what these scouts were saying. They're like going, the one said to the other, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch Toledo play. They got this kid, uh, Coaster or Kester or whatever his name is. And uh, the other one goes, yeah, you'll notice he carries the team on his back a lot because uh, he has the puck, he handles the puck the most because he's the most talented on that team. And I kind of had a little dispute on that part because there were some really good players on that team, but. I mean, right. Kester was, Kelly was, I mean, he was just a special, special young man. I mean, he, if he was, if he was yeah. your size and I'm not making this up, if he was your size oh, yeah. with his own skill set, he would have probably, if not, he oh, would yeah. have at least made it to the minors, if not to the NHL. He was that good. Oh, for sure. Size, size helps for sure. You know, but that's the re he never got that Um, many looks. I mean, he would get looks, but people wouldn't touch him a lot because, especially when he got hurt, when he got hurt, everyone just kind of went, okay, never mind. But the thing is, is that he was still, I mean, I've never seen anyone with his skill set, his, his leadership ability and his competitiveness. And his ability to yeah, it, oh, it's and the thing he did better than anybody I ever saw play for Toledo. And this is not a dish on anyone else, but this is just on him as to how good he right is the fact of how well he was when he didn't have the puck. The thing was he didn't have he always usually always was on his thing. stick, you know, right. So. But, uh, you know, again, that and that says a lot. And when you get a guy like that coaching you, that probably yes. had to be a big help and a big uh, – He was uh, – he was – and I don't know if he knows this, but he's going he's gonna to hear it from me now. Um, he was a huge, huge influence on, on how skilled I got from when I was 15 to 16. Like the the skill, like just just the patience that he he showed me how to. He just showed me different ways to you know just relax because I was always in go mode, 
you know, I get the puck, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm exerting tons of energy. He showed me how to just, you know, the patience in the game, you know, how to, how to let the game come to you more so than trying to go take it every second of every shift you're on the ice. Because especially when the skill set gets so high, you know, especially in juniors, you know, you got to let the game come to you. Because if you're starting to force stuff, your game probably isn't going to be where it's at or needs to be. So he was just a big influence. And he, with that U16 team, he he pretty much let me have the reins, you know. He, he let me, you know, power play PK. You know, I played a bunch of minutes, but I loved every second of it. We didn't have a bunch of guys. We only had like 13, I think, but like, or 12 maybe. But, you know, there's some... There's some junior guys who play junior guys on that team that came up after I started playing junior. Like Caleb Williams was one of them. Uh, Justin Morozek is one of them. You know, guys that I used to play with when I was when I was a U16 player. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that season was that season was great just to the fact that you know the the amount of guys we had, but also like how how much fun we all had as a unit and the coaching from you know Dunn and Ke- and Kelly was just it was great and it really they really helped me push. They really pushed me to get to, you know, the junior level at such a young age. Cause without them, I don't think I would have even, you know, figured it out or even thought of it, but they really did push me throughout my U16, you know, tenure with them. And I, I'm really grateful that to both of them. You know, you let's talk for just a second, going back. I want to talk a little bit about your, your Lake high school experience. I mean, obviously oh, being yes. in the white division, it was difficult, but I mean, did it give you the freedom to experiment, try some things as far as uh, from a playing standpoint? Yeah, it did. Um, it really, it really allowed me to get uh, an idea of how to play offensively while playing defense. Um, when I, when I, I mean, I was a pretty offensive defenseman when I was young, but not to the point of where I figured out, you know, how to get through defenses, you know, which how, you know, and just because it was a little slower pace, I could see, you know, I could break down plays a little bit, you know, and less, you know, you know, less, you know, pressure situations, you know, considering how fast everything is in the white division. It's not, it's not high tempo, you know, there's a lot of, you know, coast to coast stuff, but, uh, and I wasn't really used to that, to be honest, you know, I was used to, you know, working hard for, you know, a lot of stuff during travel because the travel, you know, levels a little bit more, you know, competitive, but, it really allowed me to get to my offensive side of my game, which is, I think, and Kenny can attest to this if he's listening to this, <laughs> um, I pass the puck way too much. Um, <laughs> uh, in certain, you know, in certain time frames, I should be shooting the puck, but, you know, I'm passing it. But when I was in the white division, that's all I really did was shoot. So when I, after the white division, you know, and I went on to play, you know, obviously higher level hockey, uh, my brain kind of, it went away from that. It, my game went away from that a little bit. It was more about passing the puck, not about taking my opportunities when I had them. Um, any of the any of the film on hockey TV can show that some that a lot of the points and time in my game throughout my four years with the junior team, at least. Mm-hmm. But when I was 15, 15 and sixteen, I think were my most offensive offensive years as a defenseman because I didn't play forward either of those years obviously until I've joined the junior team in the second half of that season. But those two, those two years definitely gave me that freedom to go out there and, you know, score goals, but also, you know, accumulate a good amount of points while being a part of, you know, the, the core of the offense, which was, which was really nice. How much of it do you think is the, uh, that, uh, 
maybe that maybe contributed to your uh, to Kenny saying, okay, uh, let's let's see what he can do up front because learning the transition game at that at such a at that young age and I mean usually you do that you change positions like that when you're a lot younger not not out of the not like you right do. so the uh, but the ability to yeah. experience experiment with with a, with your transition game of, of you know being able to change on a dime from defense to offense and start rushes up the ice and start plays up full ahead of you. Uh, how much of that do you think probably played a role in getting them to move you from defense to up front? Um, you know, I think, I think it, the, the biggest, the biggest like contribution to me moving to forward my first season was that our D group, my first season was deep. Benny Hamilton, Blake Mullins, Joshua Smith, you know, the list goes on, but, we were having not trouble scoring goals our first season, but a little bit more body size because the division from my first year to fourth year, it got smaller because the first year everybody was, everybody was good. The, the division was just deep. I mean, like physical team, just big, physical, fast, love to check you, but you know, we had a veteran core on the back end. So Kenny just figured, you know, might as well get a bigger body up here, you know, that can change up the aspect of, you know, some of our lines. And I, and I was all for it. I was like, I might, yeah, why not? I mean, I, w I would never tell a coach no if he thought I could do it. Because if you have the confidence in me, then I definitely have the confidence in me. So I just, I just took it how it was. And I'm an offensive guy as it is. And I, I get the game in all aspects. I mean, going to forward, it's a, it's a different view on things and you have to kind of get used to it. You know, it takes a couple shifts to get your mindset, you know, go, 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 not, you know, so defensive and so passive, you know, on the defensive end. No, but I think me being an offensive defenseman as it was kind of helped me, you know, transition, you know, to forward a lot easier than I would say if you were just a stay at home defenseman per se. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Now, you know, when you first, uh, when you first went to that first camp, well, first of all, how did they recruit you? How did you end up coming? You know, did you get drafted? Did uh, you just go to a camp? I mean, so um, it was funny because my halfway through my U16 year, Ke Kelly pulled me aside at, at one point in time after a practice and said, like, hey, we're going to like you need to you need to, you know, because I, I think I, I, I vividly remember this because I remember when people call me lazy and he was in the past couple of games I was getting lazy and he was like Kenny and like Todd Omi like the junior coaches are going to be coming to like watch you at some of these home games and some of the away games but I'm not going to tell you so like you need to be ready focused and ready to go like at all times because they want to sign you and you know they want you to play for them but you can't be out here just lollygagging around you know just doing, going through the motions because you know so it kind of, kind of, you know, stemmed from that, I think. And then I played in the, the spring junior league that we used to have at the ice house. We don't really have it anymore, but I started playing in that. And then after, after the, after that, they started really communicating to me actually around, actually around the end of my U16 season, they started communicating with me because after my state championship game, when we lost at Tama, I was like eight to four. Kelly said that, uh, 
Kenny and them wanted me to go into the junior spring league and then they wanted me to come to main camp and, you know, try out and stuff. But after the junior spring league, he gave me a paper to sign to tender or whatever it is. And then I just signed the paper and I was pretty much on the team, but I just, I still went to the main camp and tried out and everything. What was that like? The main camp? Uh, <laughs> it was, it was an eye, eye opener to be honest with you, because for the first time in a long time, and I don't, and I'm not, I don't brag. I don't do any of that, but for the first time in a long time, I walked into a locker room and I stepped on the ice with people who were better than me at the time. They were just, they, whether they were older than me or, you know, their brains were more developed to the speed of the game. Cause like, as soon as I got out there, it was an eye opener because everybody was either as fast as me, fast as me. Everybody was almost as big as me. And I wasn't used to that because at 16 years old playing travel, I'm the biggest guy on the ice 95% of the games. So it was, it was a little, it was a little different. And I honestly, I really contribute my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Progression. Yeah. Progression as a defenseman in junior hockey to, to Blake Mullins and Todd Omi for sure, because the pace of game that I was used to that I hopped into my first ever game was just night and day to what I was playing. It was, you know, we were up here and I was playing down there. And, you know, obviously as a rookie, you know, Todd, you know, they pull you aside and they're like, look, like this isn't you 16 double A anymore. Like you got to start thinking faster, moving faster, or you sit down. It doesn't matter how good you think you are or how good you were coming into the team. And I tell everybody that if you're going to play, you're going to play and they will play you, but you have to work hard. You're not just going to go in there and just play. It doesn't matter how good you are. And some of the players that went through the Toledo program, I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, some of them were, you know, a little bit butthurt that they didn't get a lot of playing time. Well, you're not working hard, and that's why you're not getting playing time. And I learned that really quick because, like I said, my first year, we were as deep as could possibly be. Now, we didn't have enough for, you know, a per se healthy scratches every game, but you could sit down on that bench for 90% of the game and just watch because our team was that good. Mm-hmm. Now, when you uh, – who was your defense partner that first season that you were there in Toledo? Uh, Blake Mullins got the job to babysit the rookie for the first, uh, I'd say, 15 games. And then I started uh, moving out with a couple uh, other defensemen. I played with Ben Hamilton sometimes, not a lot, and uh, Josh Smith. But uh, the first the first couple – the first month of the season was uh, – a feeling out process for Kenny and T.O., I feel like, because they were like, who can we put him with and him be consistent with and us not have to worry about him? Well, I started playing a lot better a couple of weeks in after because I scored my first goal, I'd say, a couple of weeks into the season. And after that, my confidence was just – it skyrocketed and I've started to play, you know, a lot better. So they started, you know, not having to really always worry about me. But um, I, I really settled down for sure. So uh... – uh, uh, tell me, I mean, th- those those are three different, I guess, not different, but they're all they are they all bring different things to the table. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, uh-huh. playing all with, of them. And, and, you know, and also different sizes. You know, I mean, oh, every I, single one of them. I, you know, I Smitty's probably one of my all time favorite guys, and yet Josh <laughs> is probably also one of the smaller guys you're ever going to see play defense. You know, and then right. you got then you got uh, right. you got the ham. You know, uh, Hamilton Ben the Hamilton, Hambone, right. Hambone, and uh, he, you know, 
And never mind the fact that he, he I guess he, uh, from what people tell me, he was crazy. He was a funny guy off the ice. Uh, oh, fantastic guy. Fantastic. You know, he was always, you know, I always liked him because he was like a steady Eddie out there on the ice, you know, when always. I saw him play. And and, uh, and Blake, oh my gosh, you know, I always, <laughs> I always liked Blake. Blake didn't have the, again, if he had your size with his skill set, yeah, he could have. He could have. Uh, I think he would be uh, playing at uh, other levels, uh, well above what he did. Yeah. and just a he definitely great... had. He definitely had the good defensive mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he's a guy who I can see yeah. coaching. I can see him coaching. He would be a yes. really good coach. Um. Now. Yes. Uh, now, when uh, so when you're playing, so when you're playing out there on D, and do you remember? Uh, like your first games, were you nervous? Were you kind of, you know, butterflies? <laughs> I remember the very first shift, actually. And that is something I vividly remember because we were playing Wooster, and the first thing, <laughs> and the first thing T.O. comes in and says before the game was, these guys are criminals. <laughs> They're criminals. <laughs> They're- and I, you know, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm, you know, I'm ready to go up. I'm just, this is my first game, ready to go up you know, against 20 year olds and all these guys back then that are 20 year olds, man, they look like they're like 30, you know, they're, they're all just, you know, grown men. So like, and he comes in, he's like, look, don't retaliate to nothing. These guys are, these guys are criminals. They're going to want to get you, get you, you know, penalty trouble, all this and that. And I'm thinking like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) So, so, all right. So, so we get, we get out on the ice for warm-ups, you know, I get the, I get the bugs, you know, the butterflies out a little bit and we get back in the locker room. I'm just thinking, you know, all right, you know, we've, you know, this is just another game, you know, you're just, you know, you'll be fine once you get out there. Well, I get out for my first shift and it's a, it's a face-off in our end. So I line up on the near wall and near the bench and the puck comes to me. Well, I start to skate a little bit and I'm like, holy shit, I have the puck. And like, there, there are like three or four dudes coming after me right now. And I like get nervous and I just chuck up, I chuck up just a grenade across the ice for an icing. And it comes back in our end. And, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of like lost. And I, I didn't know that we couldn't change. I didn't, I forgot that that was a rule. So I tried to change and T.O. goes, oh, there he goes. He goes, wait, he goes, you know, wake the F up, you know, wake, wake up. Like, what are you doing? He's like, move your feet, dude. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so like, but ever since after that first shift, I was okay, but yeah, that first that first shift in that first game was uh, a little a little nerve wracking for say. Uh, besides being a grenade launcher, uh, do you? Right, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, when uh, oh, man. do you do you remember uh, how long did it take you to get into a your first squabble? Your first uh, little little tat. Oh. I'd say had to have been oh, <laughs> it was in Lansing up in uh, Battle Creek. I think it's where they used to play, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we it was up there. A little small guy actually. Uh, I blew up one of his teammates like real bad in the middle of the ice, and he came up to me, you know. And he punched me, and I had a cage on, obviously, because in the gnaw, you when you're 16, you have, you have to have a cage on. So he punches me in the cage, you know, it doesn't do anything, I have a cage on. And then, you know, 
I like stick my hand out and just like face wash him. And like, he punches me in the face again. And I'm like, I have a cage on, so it doesn't hurt. But T.O. was like, why are you just letting him punch you? I was like, I was trying not to get a penalty, but like I got a penalty anyway. He was like, so from then on, anytime anybody punched me, I was throwing you to the ice or punching you in the face too. Cause T.O. was always like, if he's going to punch you and you're going to get a penalty anyway, you might as well get your money's worth. So I was like, I get, I mean, you're right. So from then on, I didn't really, anybody who punched me didn't really get the better half of it, but. True story, not one person, my entire my entire junior career lined up next to me and actually asked me to fight. Not one person. Well, when most of them, nine out of ten of them, have to look up at you. There <laughs> See? Is, there is that there is that little little component that might See any yeah. It <laughs> yes. might serve as a Always it might that. serve as a deterrent. Now call me crazy, but it might serve as a deterrent. <laughs> Because they're probably figuring your reach level is probably well, a lot farther than theirs. You see, it's funny because a lot of them, you know, they get, you know, they get all the adrenaline and, you know, they're all juiced up. But, you know, it's just the adrenaline talking like, you know, the, you, I, I know when somebody doesn't mean what they say. And there's a lot of guys during my junior career who would come up to me after like, a, say, you like poke our goalie and we're throwing you around. A lot of them get up after I throw them down. They're like, oh, yeah, let's fight. Take the gloves off. But I can see it in their face. Like, you don't want that. Like, I can promise you, you don't want that. <laughs> well, okay. like, I'm a, I'm a, hey, I'm a nice guy. But look, like, if, if you want to you fight, I don't mind. <laughs> I, I don't mind. But there, were, there weren't a lot of people who actually just came up to me and be like, hey, like, do you want to fight? Not a lot of them. Yeah. Well, again, I say that. Uh, you know, that, that little thing called gravity. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, gravity. That's a little something to do with it, but uh, now, right. you know. So you put so you're playing in your first year. Uh, tell me about uh, well, you say about halfway through the season, you switched to forward. Uh, yes. When you switched to forward, who were some of the guys they put you up front with? Nolan Stanley and Ethan Rusitar. I, I vividly remember that because Ethan Rusitar was my veteran actually that year. And uh, me and him had a little, uh, I wouldn't say side bet, but a little, uh, you know, a little wager on who would uh, have more goals and more points for that year, the vet or the rookie. And I, uh, I could say I swiftly took that one. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I man. swiftly took that one. So he, uh, he, he started better than me, but I finished better. So, well, that's true. Now, <laughs> of course, you know, you talk, now he was a defenseman, right? Or did he play up front? Ethan played up front. He was a forward all year. Same with Nolan. Okay. Now, uh, I was trying to think because they were also kind of the like grinders, and you know, yes, there for physicality and everything. Um, yes. What do you remember? Uh, how how long did it take uh, for you to for you guys to really click as a unit? Uh, I'd say. We played, I think we played three games together before SAP night when we had our special jerseys on, mm -hmm. when we played Columbus and we wanted a shootout. We'd played three games together, I'm pretty sure, because we'd fumbled and jumbled the lineup. Like, I was on the fourth line for a game, the second, and then the third line. But during our showcase, before all that, I was on Tristan and Ricky's line before we picked up Adam Felser and all them. So... I played with a bunch of people forward leading up to me playing with those guys. But when I played with those guys, I played with them on Saturday. We actually scored the first goal of the game. So like 
it was they were good guys to play with you know they were energy guys you know you didn't really have to worry about you know are they going to work hard this shift you know especially with nolan because nolan was always all over the place hitting people you know getting the puck you know always in your face whether the whether the play was going on or whether you know the whistle was blowing he was always in your face and it was, which was nice as a young guy because i was sitting there like you know i got another guy out here who's ready to, you know scrap down if he if we have to but you know it was also nice because ethan was fast so you could give him the puck and you know with quickness and you know i was i was i was fat. i was pretty fast my first year you know i gained weight as <laughs> as the seasons you know progressed a little bit but um, we had a nice combination of, you know, physicality. I, you know, I think I was a little more skilled than both of them for, even for my size, but it was nice having, you know, Ethan speed with his nice shot, you know, Nolan with, a, he's he had a good shot too, but you know, the brute physicality, what he brought and then, you know, a little bit of, you know, both for me, it was a, uh, it was really good. Uh, it was a good tandem for sure. You know what cracks me up? I always liked about Stan is, uh, he was never afraid to he was never afraid to nope. he was never afraid to mix it up with anyone nope. bigger than him he, <laughs> if, if they, they could have been like uh like five foot three or they could have been you know six foot seven and he still would take on anyone. oh he uh funny story i got a good story for you actually so my uh my first couple weeks we did power playing pk um i played on the pk and he was the net front guy for the power play and i'd never met anybody like nolan before and i've met some bigger dudes you know during travel and i would just throw them around but this guy this guy was he was different for sure because i went up against him and he was putting me on my ass every time he got a chance and not even because he was stronger than me but because he he knew how to he knew angles he knew pressure points on you know big dude's legs like he'd always he'd always chop me in the leg or like poke me in the back of the leg and then like cross check me at the same time you know put me down or you know whatever but that was probably the first time i was like dang like i got some competition in front of the net like this is but it was nice because i was like let's let's go at it like i'm ready to go like i'm not gonna back down from you just because you're older than me and i'm a 16 year old like i'm ready to go but I, I definitely earned his earned his respect throughout those couple weeks before I finally got on the power play units, uh, battling against him a lot of the practices because you know obviously T.O. loves a good battle so he's always ready to put his defenseman up against big forwards. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just always. like T.O. too. Anyway, but oh, uh, just like T.O. Yeah. So you know, and what's funny is is how talk about how um, how much you know who what was the difference in styles as at least that first year of uh, being coached i mean primarily with to on defense when you were on defense to when you went right. to offense and you were working more with any <laughs> so uh to is more of a guy i mean he'll tell you what you're doing wrong especially if you do it more than once but other than that, he really expects a level of professionalism from you that, you know, is required at the junior level, especially as a young guy. Like, you need professionalism. He doesn't need to be up your ass all the time telling you what you need to do. So I got used to, you know, learning from the vets more so than him having to yell at me. But, of course, he, I mean, he still yelled at me. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's not going to change. But um, the difference between him and Kenny was Kenny was more about, you know, he would pull you aside 
most of the time, as soon as you did something he didn't like or, you know, something like that, he'd pull you aside, you know, he'd tell you, you know. But at the same time, he was ready to – Kenny was really – I mean, especially the first couple of seasons, he's really – he yelled a lot. He did. And uh, he'll tell you himself that he really he really cut back on yelling my third and fourth season compared to our first two seasons together. But um, he'd get in your ear and tell you because, you know, he needs more audio and he'll let you know. But T.O. would too. I would, I'd just say not as much. I think T.O. was more of a, you know, he'd look at you and be like, you know what you did and don't do it again type of thing. But I feel like that's just because T.O. is a, he's a certain type of coach. He's, he's one of those guys where, you know, you just look at him and, you know, you, you know if you did good or if, he, or if he's disappointed in what, you know, what your performance was like, but. It was it was a it was it was definitely different, but uh, kind of kind of the same at the same time. I just say Kenny was a little bit more vocal, as a head coach should be. Yeah, that's. Um, well, and then again, like I I got the pleasure of knowing To, you know. I mean, I knew Kenny before he became coach. You know, I, okay. I remember him for his days up in Alpena. I remember when he came mm-hmm. to the Ice House, back to the Ice House. Him and uh, you know uh, his dad. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, like I said, we always, I've always thought the world of those still do, still do, you know, yeah. Kenny and Kenny and, and Kelly uh, Miller and well, the whole Miller family, they just are great. And mm-hmm. I remember also, uh, you know, but like I said, I've known T.O. probably the longest of anybody with right. the Cherokee organization, because yeah. when I went there, my first year there was the year they went to the national championship game and lost at Tamil mm. and then was there for the year that they won it in Simi Valley the next year. And then uh, the year after that, Scott uh, retired because he, he had just his, uh, his wife at the time had just given uh, birth to triplets. So he, just, he, he hung them up and T.O. took over as head coach. And yeah, I, I'll be, I'll be getting him on, on the podcast here shortly. In, in very Good. short order. So there'll be some great T.O. stories to tell. Yes, uh, I need stuff. to hear those. But, oh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I, I know it's going to come as a shock, but uh, yeah, the, most of them had nothing to do with hockey. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, no, seriously, though, he, like I said, I, I got to know him with that hat. And then I hung out with him a lot after in, in that, like, I think there was like an eight or 10 year period, something like that that he went where he wasn't uh, coaching the involved with the juniors. Uh, He stepped aside so that he could, you know, spend more time at home and be able to watch Kyler and and Kelsey grow up. Yeah. And, and, you know, even when he came during that time, uh, I still, we still kept in touch. We played in softball and volleyball leagues together. Oh yeah. With him and Kelsey. Yeah. Oh yeah. That guy, dude. He could if you if you back then he could do conga lines around the base paths and I don't mean fastballs where he tried to beat them out. He was usually doing home run trots. <laughs> oh yeah, but he still hits them pretty far. Yeah, he can. He could still crush does. Them. Yep, oh, yeah. and uh, that's probably why he can he can really knock them out is when it comes to golf too. Uh, oh yeah, I've seen. I've Just played with him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that guy. But anyway, so uh, you know from. I guess, you know, like I said, it's it's really neat to see a a guy who went through the, the, the ranks from early on, even when you were in Sylvania, but the idea is a local guy who went through the whole program all the way through to the end. And 
I, I'm trying to remember how, uh, I mean, you saw the good and the bad as far as uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the team with the six and for terms of wins and losses, not in terms of how yes. good a player yeah. was or how bad a player was, but right. I mean, just in wins and losses. But you, you got to see some of the lean year and some of the lean times and, and also some of the good times. And yeah. I mean, the only thing you ever discover about the lean times about losing is you don't like it, but right. that doesn't mean you can't learn. From it. it doesn't mean yeah. you can't, you know, uh, take, take things that you learned from the, those times and apply it to your life, apply it to your game, apply it to whatever, you know? Right. Um, now tell me, you know, as you went through the last couple of years, how did you see your role change from when you first started as that uh, that that lanky defenseman to when uh, you started to go you started to mature as you started to go on through your career right. at the junior level what how did you see your role change um honestly i made a massive i wouldn't say massive jump but i'd say i made a decent jump from my first to second year in terms of being a leader my work ethic was, you know, still there. You know, I, I cared tremendously about the team. Like I was, you know, and from my second to third year, obviously I went from not having a letter to my second year to having an A my third year. Well, I really took to that leader role immensely because I was really all about, you know, cause I was, my years were coming kind of to a, not a close, but I could feel, you know, I only had a couple more years to, you know, get a good couple seasons and, especially after the second season when we only won 13 games, that was, that was my first losing season personally in a long time. And that really hurt. Like that wasn't, I wasn't happy about that. And I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with anything we did that season. I wasn't happy with a lot of things we did that season. And we came back one of one, we only won another game, but it was an odd kind of group we had. Um, there was, there was guys that, you know, that were all bought in and all that. And, you know, I think when we lost a couple guys at the beginning of my third season, the chemistry kind of was a little wonky because we brought a couple guys in, you know, that kind of tried to fill the spot. And I, we just didn't, I don't, I just don't think we clicked very well, you know, throughout the entire season. But, um, after, after the third season, when I became the captain, um, Obviously, the leader roles were coming my way. Kenny said, Kenny told me at the end of my second season that I was, I was ready for a, for a leader role, you know, my third season, that he, he was very confident in me that I could fulfill the role, you know, well and do my job well. And I, I think I did, but, man, the real big setback for my third year was I fractured my ankle and I was out for a month and a half almost. And I didn't recover from that that season at all. I... uh it was, it was a nagging injury. I don't know. It was just, it, it never really, I wouldn't say properly healed, but it was always, you know, something I'd play a game or we play a back-to-back, you know, on the road. And after the first game, it'd just be a swollen, you know, sore mess the next day. And it would just be no fun to play on the next day. You know, I had to wear, I had to wear uh, shot blockers and stuff, which was, those weren't comfortable either. Cause you know, I had to protect my ankle cause but other than other than the third season, I mean, I thought we had the skill. I thought we had, you know, the the depth. But I just don't think the chemistry was there. Well, um, you know, obviously. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, I mean, 
also too the fact that other teams in in especially in the Great Lakes Division, they they yeah. really got better. It wasn't just a one or two team league, you know. And any did. given night, top to bottom, anybody could beat anybody. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. to give you a little a little idea, you know, it's like that that during your time we saw the uh, the rise of the Metro Jets. Oh yeah. You know, huh. and you know, and and here's the funny part is for about a good decade prior to your era, we routinely beat the Metro Jets. No, that's what I heard from a lot of a lot of the team, you know, the team that I played for my first year was this wasn't a norm this wasn't normal what was happening. You know, they would usually split series with them throughout the seasons, you know, all that stuff. But and more often man, they, than not, we would sweep them, and you know it's right, you know, right. and, and again, that's this isn't to to uh, rip on either Metro or Toledo. It's just factually, you know, we we would beat them, yeah, and right, it, you know, this la- in 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 this last decade is when they started to put it together, and part of it is that prior to that, all their really really good players from around their around their. Uh, east waterford around the, that whole area when yeah. they when it came time to playing juniors they went and played somewhere else right. what started to happen and the reason they turned it around and got really good is because more of their players started to stay home right. and and you know a lot of them played whether it was at east waterford or when they moved to fraser where they're at now yeah um, right you know i mean there's still a lot of guys that uh, are were staying home playing, and you know, so that team has in, uh, infinitely. Plus, you, the you know the other teams that were in the area, whether it was the Motor City Chiefs, they're yeah. gone. The they're uh, gone. Yep, they were gone. And the Flint Generals, the Flint Junior Generals, they're gone. Right. Uh, and prior to that, the Michigan Ice Dogs, who used to be, I think. Uh, team belt tire or the Frazier Royals, you know, et cetera. Those guys were in the league and there were, so you've got, you know, your options were, there were a few less options for local kids. So they stayed home and I think it it helped build up the programs that are in, in the, in the USPHL now. Uh, So I think it really helped them along the way. So I, you know, the, it isn't going to be Toledo, beats everybody anymore you know these these teams have all gotten better and you know the quality of hockey has gotten better and so i think that you know you know unfortunately you learned that the hard way during your time well and that's and i'll say i'll say this and you know not i wouldn't say a lot of people would agree with me but from my experience from my first year against playing playing against metro like they were a top to bottom, a difficult team to play against. Their forwards were skilled. Their forwards were fast. So their forwards were big. Their chemistry was off the charts. Their puck movement was great. Their their penalty kill was phenomenal. Their power play was on point at all times. Their defensemen were all as big as me or bigger. Like and they and, and throughout that season, you know, we were always like, you know, like someone's got to beat him, you know, we'll, 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 we'll catch him sleeping at night or, you know, something. And I was sitting there, you know, I was like, yeah, well, obviously as a competitor, I'm sitting there. Yeah. Well, we're going to beat these guys. But in the back of my head, I'm like, 
someone's got to have a miraculous game against these guys to beat these guys because the, the, that team, my first year, compared to the team they have from this past season, is just night and day considering the skill, the talent, and just the the fear that they kind of brought to you when they walk into your building because a lot of teams that year were like, damn, like we have to play Metro this weekend. Like, dang, that, that sucks. But – I'd say the past from when my last season, my last season, you could start to see them kind of crumbling a little bit, kind of starting to not be as dominant, not beating teams, you know, real bad. Cause we had a real good shot our last game against them my last season and they came back, but they still had 12, you know, they had still, they had 12 to 13, 20 year olds. We were one of the youngest teams in the league. I was, I, we had three, we had three 20 year olds. They had 12 or 13 or whatever. But, you know, like even like last year, they were a real beatable team. Like I'd walk, I walked into the ice house and saw us play them for the first time. And I walked in after the first period to the boys and I was like, these guys are as beatable now as they've ever been. At least, at least from my point of view, because from my point of view, obviously you're, you're walking in there and you're like, look, like we have to play perfectly sound hockey or you're going to get dialed up 12 to one, nine to zero, nine to three, eight to four. Like these are all, these are all scores that they've beaten us by that I remember could quite, I haven't beat them. Oh, and 31. Like that's a, not a good record. And that's just, but that just shows you the dominance that they had because a lot of our teams that we had were good. I'd say our second, my second year team might've been our most vulnerable team skill wise. But I'd also say we probably had some of the best goaltending. Like, Ricky Gonzalez was, was, was phenomenal. And so was Allen. Allen was great, too. But, like, Ricky Gonzalez, like he's one of the best goalies, like, I've played with. And I played – and it's crazy because every single year I played, we had great goaltending. You know, Roman Malkov, Adrian Morales my first year. That was a double tandem right there. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Allen, who was a good goalie, you know, a little older, a 20-year-old. And then we had Ricky. Ricky was sound, perfect. I mean, he was great. Worked hard, great, great team guy. And that's that's the type of goal you need. And then obviously our third year, we had good goaltending, but it was kind of a it's kind of a you know back and forth thing with you know because Parker, good as he was, he was kind of not. He, he just I'm not. And this is factual stuff. Like he was just not the team guy that we needed in that because, you know, obviously when goalies get scored on, you know, their first reactions like, dang, you know, I got to get that. But some of his first reactions were more, you know, against the team. And obviously, you know, Kenny will tell you this, you know, they got, the, you know, a couple of good arguments and that's why he ended up leaving the team. But Mason Snyder, he stepped in that third year and played phenomenal. And even my last year, he played real well along uh, Chad. Chico, he played really well with with him, and uh, we so uh, throughout my four years, I can't say I we've had a bad goalie tandem to be honest. Because I mean, and obviously last season, even if, even though I didn't play, Joey and all them, he's fantastic. He's one of the best goalies I've ever seen, and I've obviously, like I just said, I've played with a lot of great goalies, and he definitely earned my respect on the on the goalie end because and he's he's something, and it's. Kudos to, you know, Kenny, Nick, T.O. for making sure he came back this year because he's a huge part to what they did last year, making a run into the national tournament. Yeah, no question about it. I have to agree with you there because I remember some of those guys too. You know, Chico, uh, what do you call it, Devin Boback. Uh, oh, Bo- yes, Boback. I, I, 
I didn't mention Bobak only because obviously my throughout my tenure with Toledo, my first year he played two games, or my second year he played two games. You know, he didn't play a whole lot when he was yeah. with us. My third year was he, the most he played, but he still he still didn't play a whole ton. And obviously that's why he kind of went to went different a different route per se rather than yeah. staying with the junior team. And I respect that. You know, you gotta you gotta go play and get better somewhere else. But it was just because our 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 two starting goalies were just were good. Well, yeah, that's I mean, just how it is. You know, I mean, I think I think even prior to that that era, you know, got you know back when you know everyone everybody knows Glenn Bates, you know, and uh, yep. and everything, and when he, it was him and uh, Jeremy Hammerquist, you know, Hammer, Hammer, yeah, Hammer played, you know, didn't play a ton, and he he didn't get the opportunity as much in Toledo as he did when he moved on, and but right. still, you know, people still think of him in such in, in a good way you know they still think yeah. you know, and he was a heck of a goaltender because i actually watched him he play. was good you know he, he was, was a good, good goalie yeah. he just it, it, what, toledo was not the perfect fit for him as far as right. getting to you know uh grab the mantle because you had a couple he had a couple guys ahead of him in, in the whole in the grand scheme of things and you know so you know you can't you can only play one goaltender a game you know so yeah. uh you know it's just but you know hammer was still is like I said, he was still a great goaltender. He's still a good goaltender, and uh, you know he was able to find the time to play elsewhere. And yet, right. I still, you know, I I look forward to when we can sit down and do a podcast with him because he was a lot of fun, man. He was just a great. He guy. was. He was a great guy, and st- I shouldn't I shouldn't say like he isn't anymore. He still is. But right, he I still just, is. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, know, you got to be careful when you talk past tense now. Anyway, right, that is true. Anyway, that is true. so uh, let me ask here. Uh, just uh, tell me some of the stuff that you remember about some of these guys in terms of uh, off the ice lunacy that you remember as far as uh, who are the some of the. Um the wackier guys that you came across. So Pavo Samalisto, our Finnish friend that came by my last season, uh, great hockey player, but he just didn't really get the American style, I guess. He, uh, I don't know, he was just a little, he was, he was different. I mean, but that's, I mean, I could say the same about a lot of guys that aren't from Finland, you know, but he was just, I loved him to death, but he was just a, he was an odd guy to be around sometimes. He just, cause like, he didn't understand English to the point where, like, if we were having this fast combo right now, he would yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. So he would just sit there with like a, like, what's going on? Like, because he would look know, on but, his face. Yeah. So he was just always kind of out of it, out of sorts. But um, who's another guy that's kind of Bauer Cooper was kind of different. He'd wear uh, he'd wear uh, swim trunks to practice, and we would all wonder why are you doing that? Like, why are you wearing swim trunks? Like, we were all confused. <laughs> I don't know. We always ask him. He'd be like, "They're comfy." Like, well, why? Like, I don't understand that. But um, uh, okay. <laughs> I can't really think of. Oh, oh. I wouldn't say Roman was weird, Malcolm or goalie, but he was a little diva. He was. He was a little. He was a little baby. Well, he was a little crybaby here and there. You know, he was. But um, I wouldn't say I played with a bunch of weird guys. Like you know, obviously, like there are the occasional odd. You know odd eggs in the group that you know obviously stick out but like nothing super crazy i'd say i'd say one of the funniest guys i've ever played with has to be tyler fox really oh has to be he is one of the funniest kids like he is it's you guys see a different side of him on the ice because he's the energetic you know 
hardworking, you know, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say fun guy, but, you know, he's out there, you know, for business. But on the other end of things, if you meet him just in person, he is one of the coolest, funniest guys that you could ever, ever meet. And quite frankly, he, and this is no, no hit on any of my former teammates, teammates from any, you know, any time in my life. But man, that he is one of the, my favorite all time teammates for sure. He just, he gets how to be a team player. He gets, he gets how to represent a team. He gets it all. And he was definitely one of my favorite teammates to play with. Now, when you were a rookie, did who you, you talked about your vet, who your vet was, uh, tell me about yeah. rookie dinner. Oh man, that was something. Um, I'd never been a part of anything like that before, to be honest. And, you know, I kind of welcomed it with wider arms than I thought I was gonna, but, um, it was, it was just as embarrassing as I thought it was going to be nothing more, (laughs) nothing less. It was straight up embarrassing, but, um, after you sit down and you order your food, you know, now nobody really looks at you. It's just that main when you walk in, you know, through the parking lot, through the front doors, and then, you know, walking through the tables of people. After you're through that, and if you survive that, you're good. But, I mean, other than paying for the meal for, you know, your vet and whatever the heck they order, plus you, I mean, it was it was an experience that I will remember forever, but I will never, ever want to do again. Yeah, well. <laughs> No, I mean, did how how dressed up did you get? So I was in a long skirt and, and some uh, wedges with uh, like a short crop top, to be honest. And it was it didn't look bad. I got complimented on the way in by a girl, so <laughs> I think I was I think I was doing pretty well for myself. But uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think I'd ever do that again. That was all that attention like i don't i don't need all that that's that's not me <laughs> well that's because you weren't you you were you were bit you were dressed as a girl right so that's what i'm saying uh, right you know so yeah um but uh what were i mean did uh were you did anyone get shoe checked that night uh yeah i think uh let me give me a sec i know i can remember this because Ooh, no, that was the second year. Second, my second year, I know who it was Ben Farley. My second year, Ben Farley. Okay. Or was that my third year? No, it was my second year. I'm pretty sure. My first year, I think it was. Oh man, Seth. Uh, I think it was McFarland, maybe, or it might have okay. been somebody else. But it was somebody like three or four seats down from me because. When he stood up to stand on the chair to sing, he almost fell, and I was kind of close to it, but not really. That's really the only thing I remember from that. Now, but, did you did you ever get did you ever fall to any other pranks? I mean, as far as like whether it be no. So here, so this is this is good because uh, and all these guys will attest to it. I am probably the only person in Toledo Cherokee history that didn't get like a water bottle under the helmet. So when you pull it out, it spills yeah. everywhere. I am the, probably the only person who has never gotten hit by that. I always find it, or it, they just don't do it to me because I, I always can check. Because like how tall I am, I can just see right under my helmet. And mm-hmm. nope, I'm not. I don't <laughs> do that. And all the tea, all my all the guys would be like, "Come on, like you gotta have it happen to you once." And I was like, "I'm just no, I'm just smart." But I used to do it to a bunch of people. I mean, even my rookie year, I'd do it to, you know, like Tristan, the captain, you know, all those, all that funny stuff. Oh, man. How did that go over considering he's the captain? Oh, 
Well, you know, he was uh, he was a little more recipient. You know, he, he he didn't mind it, but after a couple times, you know, he got a little bit irritated. But you know, after that, you move it from the helmet into like your skate or your shin pad or some funny stuff, and you know, keep him on the edge. <laughs> now, did you ever tape up anybody's blades? Uh, I did not. Um, I had it happen to me, but as soon as I stepped on the ice, uh, they didn't do the other one. So uh, as soon as I stepped with my left foot. Uh, that one didn't have any on it, so I had grip with that skate, but my right one didn't. So they almost got me falling, but it didn't work because I caught myself. But nope. I almost got that once. No, no face plants. <laughs> nope, nothing like that. Uh, Try not to. I was gonna say, usually... I'm pretty prone to pranks. <laughs> huh. Huh. No, I uh, I was just thinking, you know, too, because you know, usually Mo is uh, usually one of the guys that'll be willing to oh, thank yeah. you if you're not careful oh Mo. well Mo's hilarious you know now you know he's got this thing where you know if you don't turn your you know jersey right side out you know the correct way you know he'll he'll hang it up right back on there you know inside out until you until you do it yourself <laughs> he uh he's getting sick and tired of people not uh you know taking your jersey off you know taking it off and it's inside out you know he'll wash it leave it like that hang it right back up for you <laughs> he's uh he's a he's a funny guy he uh he loves the water bottle pranks you know you unscrew the top a little bit you squeeze it goes all over it he loves that <laughs> that's one that's one of his favorites yeah, he'll, he'll sure tell you is. himself and then of course i mean there's plenty of guys out there that do wonderful things you know whether it's uh you know doc brandy i love doc yeah. all those guys man they they you know they're all great mm -hmm. you know i i you know, it's like I remember when Bobo was there, and you know. Yeah, I see Bobo on, on. You know, I see Bobo a lot more than I'm not playing. You know, I see him in the stands a lot more, and I always go make sure I go say hi to him because he's a uh, he's a great guy. You know, he made it nice to walk into the rink. You know, every day because he's so excited. You know, he's ready for you know us to practice. You know, making sure the ice is you know pristine for us. You know, a nice cut every time. So yeah. Yeah. All those, you know, especially Doc. Me and Doc actually got real close over my third year because he was helping me with my ankle. You know, he sent me to the to the PT people, sent me, you know, to the doctor's office. You know, after I did it, you know, he gave me, you know, the place to go get a brace. Uh, he looked at it, you know, even after I started skating again, made sure I was taped up, you know, had a brace ready to go. But, um, yeah, Brand, Brand, Brandy's great. You know, I see her a lot more often now at the games because, you know, I'm not playing, but they're all great it's all, it's all a great community a great family that you know is around the ice house at all times and you know i'm i was i'm seriously super glad that i you know stuck around and you know played for the team because the family aspect of you know the organization you know even you know not just the junior team but everybody else it's 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 really nice it's it very is. special i mean that's the one thing that i see with, in terms of continuity throughout the different teams from uh, the little guys all the way up to the junior team yeah. is the familial aspect of it. Uh, you know, there's no, right. you know, it doesn't feel corporate. It feels, yeah. it feels like family and that's right. what it is. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I've talked ad nauseum about how wonderful I think that Don and Carrie Manders are, and I still feel that way. You know, it's they're fabulous people. Yeah. 
you know, and Fabulous. all the way, even when after the game, you want to go get a cold one, you know, you got Colby over at John Colby's bar, you know, and yeah. uh, every time I see Colby, you know, he he knows I don't drink, so he knows that, but he'll still be like, hey, what do you, you need a beer, Mick? <laughs> you know, I'll run into him <laughs> or, ready for a good or, joke. or Mac uh, McDermott in the, in the bar, so I'll see him in there yeah. and uh, just, you know, just say hi, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, just say hi and uh you know it's like i say you can go into the pro shop uh wherever you go in there everybody feels like you know they all feel like you know they're your best friend when you walk in there and you know whether you you know i mean i've seen some of the coaches from the the younger teams that i don't know very well and i'll still see them and they're like hey how you doing you know and stuff and they make you feel at home and i think that's part of what makes the i guess uh you talk about chemistry and i think that's part of what makes it work is that yeah. is that whole familial aspect of it and i think that's why now Toledo is considered uh probably if, if not in the definitely in, in their division in their conference but uh throughout most of the usphl is probably one of the toughest buildings to play in now oh it is for sure well and my fourth year, my last year, we started seeing more fans, but that was because we were winning. You know, we didn't, you know, combine 27 wins in two seasons. You're not going to get a ton, a ton of fans supporting you, you know, all that stuff. You know, you had your parents, the normal, you know, Cherokee family there, but like not a lot, bunch of new people like you saw this past year and a little bit my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And, um, my fourth year was fun because when people realized that, you know, our team was the number one team in the USPHL the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, we went 12 and one, you know, we started, you know, we were, we had a bunch of winning streaks that got us all the way to 31 wins. And uh, they started realizing that like this team is going to be something to, you know, something to you know, watch for the next couple of years. And um, I'm just glad that I kickstarted it a little bit with the team that we had and uh, all the guys that were on that team, you know, that were, that went from that team to the team last year. I wanted to see them win so bad because I, we've grinded together, blood, sweat, tears, you know, heartache, happiness, like all those guys, Caleb Williams, you know, Timmy Oregon, Matt Snyder, you know, all my buddies that, you know, I grew up playing with. I, I like, I more than anything, I wanted to see them win last year. Even, I, I wouldn't say even so more than, you know, when I last played, but a little bit because, you know, they were so close to, you know, doing something really special for the organization. And, you know, I I fought to the last second of my last season to try and, you know, push us a little further, but it just didn't happen. But that season was a real kickstart for players, you know, start realizing, hey, like, I want to go play for Toledo because, you know, we had 30-plus wins that prior season. And it would, that it would be a good place to go to, you know, to win some hockey games. You know, and the thing is, is that that's, uh, that's a great recruiting tool is to see, yeah. you know, winning hockey. And, and, in, and in Toledo's case, too, you know, you got to understand, too, uh, there's got to be a bridge between, you know, te- the team when it wasn't uh, quite as successful on the ice to where it is yes. now. And there has to be a bridge and there has to be guys that are willing to bridge that gap and guys, you know, guys like you, and you talk about some of these guys that uh, finished their, their careers there, uh, Timmy Oregon and Caleb Williams. I still got to get hear from Caleb. We agreed to do a podcast and then he kind of fell off the face of the earth to me. 
So I'm like, going, yeah. okay. So I keep reaching out, but he, I never hear from him. So I'm hoping to hear from him soon. Uh, anyway. Hopefully. Uh, but, uh, you know, guys like that, Bryce Davis, you know, I think about those yeah. guys. You know, all those right. guys that have been uh, real, you know, that were really big cogs in that machine that played this last season. Um, but, yes. let, you know, again, you were part of that bridge. So, you know, that's why – I, I do this. That's why I do this is because I don't right. want your name to be just a name that was on an old program that someone's going to toss away. I want people right. to know your story just as much as I do want them to know the story of the guys that won the national championship or the couple of times we were the runner up team in the nation. You know, I mean, right. I want people to know that you guys all played and that you have stories to tell and that, you know, you guys were really something special and deserve yeah. to be noticed, you know, and be remembered. Well, for how, for how, I mean, I wouldn't say we were the most skilled team by any means my last, my last year, but a huge thing and Kenny and T.O. will attest to this was like, I came into that season in probably the best shape of my life. Like I was, I had, I had a bunch of muscle. I was ready to go. My, I was in shape. You know, I was, I was, and Kenny, Kenny said this the second week was Anthony's the oldest guy on the team. And this is the, this is his fourth year. And this is the hardest I have ever seen him skate. And we were doing skating drills and I don't like skating drills, no hockey player on the planet earth. And I tell the kids I coach now that nobody on the planet earth who ever played hockey likes skating drills. But that year I made I made Kenny a promise that we would be a winning team. I was like, we're going to be a winning team again because me and him wanted to get back to that first season when we won 30 games or 29 games or whatever we won. Like we were, like we were, we were desperate to get back to that point because those two seasons put so much stress on the organization, on Kenny, on TO, on me, like the players that, you know, went from, you know, my second season to my fourth season, or, you know, the, the guys who went from, you know, who, who, are, who had been around for a while and who, who had been losing and who had been fighting, you know, in practice all year, you know, working their ass off all year just to win 13 games or 14 games, you know, and I vividly remember Kenny telling me this after our third year, because we played uh, Southern tier or somebody, our last game, the Bighorns. We played the Bighorns our last game, my third year, because they were a new team. And he was like, I don't like this. Like, this wasn't a good season. And, like, he's, he, he promised, he literally promised me that the team, he'd, he would bring a team in that was ready to play, ready to make a difference, and ultimately bring in team guys. Because that's because that was the huge debate was, you know, we didn't have a bunch of team guys our third year, we had a bunch of me guys who were only worried about the stats that they had just so they could move up. Well, Kenny, Nick, T.O., they all did a fantastic job my fourth year, my last year, to get in guys who were actually about the team. Now, were their skill levels top-notch? Were they, you know, null players? No, not all of them, but all of them had the mindset of, I want to make the team better, now how can I do it? And that is literally, and that is what you need, along with, you know, the leadership of, you know, from the captain, the assistant captains, you know, obviously Foxy, Bird, you know, everybody who was an assistant captain that year, you know, myself, Kenny, T.O. And we had a fun year. And that was the first time in a long time I've, I've seen Kenny and T.O. not 
I wouldn't say – they didn't hate coming to the rink, but it was hard to come to the rink when you're just getting dialed up 60%, 70% of your games throughout two years. Like, it makes it tough. It makes it, you know, not as fun as, you know, my last year when we were just winning all the time, you know, winning, 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 winning. I think we went on one losing streak, and it was a four-game – I think it was like a three- or four-game losing streak. I think we had Metro back-to-back weekends or something. Or, like, I think it was Metro-Pittsburgh, something like that. And we we went on a skid, and we all – and as a team, and this is huge, as a team, we all kind of sat down and we were like, four games isn't, isn't you know, anything to just, you know, freak out about and start losing your minds. But at the same time, we got to wake up and see, you know, we're kind of slipping off the edge here, and we need to kind of bring it back. And everybody was on the same page, and we're like, yeah, we need to start. So from then on, we went on like a 10-game winning streak. And we never really looked back, and we, you know, 31 games. But Pittsburgh, you know, they were a tough team that year. They had oh, yeah. really good goaltending. They had really good defensemen. They were a solid team up and down. We knew that we had to play real well. You know, and game game one in that series, you know, it was unfortunate how it ended. You know, I definitely could have been a little bit more poised with the puck instead of just trying to flick it and get it out of the zone. But that's just how it goes. You know, I thought we were there the entire time. And I just think the the bus ride there, the bus ride back, having to turn right around the next night and play a team that just won a close game. You know, they're high on the horse. You know, they're ready to go. And they came into our building and, it was a close one, you know, it was a two to one, but I I just feel like we kind of gassed out a little bit and it is what it is. But like I said, the 31, the 31 wins for that season, obviously winning a national championship and going and playing what they did would, would have been super nice, would have been a fabulous experience. But at the same time, I'm just glad that we made it easier for our coaches now to recruit players and have a platform and have a record that you can show people and be like, Hey, this is what we've already done. Come contribute and make this better. Cause they won, they won two more games last year. That that's two more, that's two more better than the previous year, which is good. Just really good. Yep. And that's exactly what, as a, as a, you know, my alumni team now, them, it's really good seeing them continue the success because it's no fun coming to the games as a, as a fan. And I'd know, you know, obviously firsthand coming to watch your team lose a lot. Like that's, that's not, you know, but other than that, um, that season was uh, one to remember for sure. And I had a blast, you know, with everybody from, from Mo to Kenny to, you know, everybody, it was just a fantastic atmosphere the whole season. You know, even when we lost, we, uh, and Kenny, and Kenny said this about last year's team was the resilience and to get through adversity because the, the, on our losing seasons, we'd start to crack under adversity every game. You know, we'd be up two to one. They'd score. They'd score three straight because, you know, we'd get down. Well, my year, my fourth year, we, uh, we'd get down and we'd look at each other and be like, let's go. Like, let, we got to get back in this game. And we came back and won so many games. Guys, guys wanting it more than the other teams. And it was, it was really fun. And that's, and that's really why we won a lot of games because of the heart we had. Yeah, no quell. And it all starts at the top, especially number seven. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did try my best. I really did. It was it was really fun. Well, it, it's easy to be a leader when guys are willing to listen to somebody who's been playing for a little bit longer. Just like I listen to Kenny and T.O. when they tell me things. You listen to people who have been around the block a lot longer than you have. 
and with the new guys and you know the old guys mixed together my last year it was uh it was good it was really good well i'll tell you what i'm gonna before we wind this up i always wind this up with the two questions i always ask every every person i do this with and that is first right. question what would the what would the anthony of today what advice would he give that 16 17 year old first year cherokee player i would tell him to take advantage of everything earlier rather than later because i don't know how many people have come up to me and then and it doesn't agitate me it doesn't annoy me but it it makes me think on it at night you know they're always like man, you could have been this, you could have been that. Like, you could have definitely went and played D1 hockey. You definitely could have went and played, you know, semi-pro hockey. And if I were to tell my younger self now anything, it would be go to the gym, get fit, get right, and focus on hockey. And honestly, I would have told him, get rid of the girlfriend. <laughs> get rid of it. Get rid of it now. Because if I didn't have a girlfriend, I think I would have been solid because I, all I would have focused on was hockey. Cause I was on hockey anyway. I was dead focused on hockey throughout a while. And then I tell this to everybody. I tell, I told this to scouts. I told this to Kenny. I told this to T.O. I told everybody this. The reason that I honestly kind of got burned out of hockey was those losing seasons. Those really hurt like me mentally, but like also physically, because I took a beating those two years when we, when we just, and we kept losing, which added on top of that. Plus that injury that happened, that kind of, you know, got me a little bit more off but no definitely if if i could tell my younger self anything take advantage of everything you got and work hard all the time okay uh what would you like the last thing what would you like to say to cherokee nation oh that man i wish i was still playing for you guys like it was like i i would give my heart and soul to play like another week or a season or a couple of games for for Toledo, not anybody else, nobody. I don't want to play for UT, OU. I don't want to play for any college or anybody else. I I would love to put that number seven back on and start skating around the ice house with a full crowd out there. It would it would be something because I truly miss grinding with those with those guys every single day, and I miss I miss that com- competition and I miss going to the rink. And, you know, get on the ice and just going hard for an hour and a half, getting off, having games on the weekend. But Cherokee Nation, it was it, it was a great time when I was there, that's for sure. And I'm still around, obviously. I coach. I coach now, guys, on the podcast listening. I do coach now. I'm a head coach. Where do you coach? So, Who do you coach for? I am, I am the coach for the 08 junior – I mean, the 08 uh, Cherokee team. Okay. Very good. So, that's, so I am always around the rink. Still, I'm always I'm always a part of the family. I'm still here. So it kind of gives it gives you your hockey fix. It bit. does. It does. It does. And it's a different uh, pay, it's a little different change of pace for sure. How how much do you take from what you learned uh, from To and Kenny and else? I apply straight into what I'm doing with these twelve year olds, thirteen year olds, like, and that's how it should be. You know, I tell them all the time, like we're, we're not, you're not going to be this young forever. And you're, I'm not going to be your coach forever. So like, it's not just going to be, you go out to tryouts, you make the team. Because I was like, like, look, like I told them, I told them this after tryouts, 
I don't care if you've been here for the last two or three years, or if, you, or if you're the newest kid on the team. If you're not playing hard, you will sit down next to me. And if you want to play hard, you'll be out there every single shift. I was like, you deserve ice time. You do. But you also have to earn ice time. And if you're not going to sit there and earn it, then you don't deserve it. That's plain and simple. So I've, I'm definitely, I'm definitely putting in, you know, the coaching that they, they've definitely taught me, and every other coach that I've, you know, that, that has taught me everything. Mm-hmm. I put all of it into the coaching that I teach these kids, because honestly, hockey is it's a complicated sport, but it can definitely be simplified if you listen. You have to listen, and that's what I took pride in as a player was I'm very coachable. You have to be coachable because if you're not coachable, you can't be coached clearing the definition. It's just not, it's not how it is. So you have to be able to listen. And I tell my players all the time, you have to listen. If you're not listening, you don't know what's going on. So, but no, coaching has definitely been a, been a good, been a good alternate from playing. It's been good. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, Anthony, it has been fun catching up with you. I'm really glad we were able to do this. Uh, Thank you. Goodness. It's, it's been a hoot. So, uh, I, man, I, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you out at the rink. Cause, oh, you I'm, will for sure. You will. I, I'm still sneaking out there. So, you know, the old good. man that I am, I still get out every once in a while. Or as I like to call it, time off for good behavior. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, thanks, Anthony. Right. I appreciate this, yep. bud. And uh, I'm sure we will chat again. As uh, yep, you've been listening no to Thank episode you. 95 here of the Cherokee Rewind. And uh, for Anthony, I am Mick. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.